Welcome everybody to the Can Mayonnaise Kill a Jedi podcast. I am your host, the Artificial Dragon. I have an idea. We should switch it up for every time we do an episode. Alright. By all means, Anna. Are you doing it or you have an idea? No, I was just bringing it up as an idea. Welcome to Can Mayonnaise <laughs> Kill a Jedi fucking podcast. <laughs> and I am your host, the Artificial Dragon. I'm Hannah. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and... Let's see, today is our 13th episode. I kind of lost track, honestly, thank you. Um, but yeah, it's been a couple of weeks since then. Um, I do apologize for the gigantic gap between episodes. It's not our fault, I promise. Um, just scheduling here and there. Um, but yeah, um, a new month has rolled around, and uh, for all of you lovely people that uh, want to support the Patreon, there is a new art piece in the works. And this month we have Grand Admiral Thrawn himself showing off his biceps. <sighs> so hot! Yeah, any of you simps that really love to jump on the bones of a Grand Admiral, you could go ahead and support our Patreon. He's do it! Just, uh, <laughs> do it! Just do it. <laughs> I have no, I have no fucking idea who this guy is. <laughs> well, um, we'll get to that in a little bit. But anyway, um, if you want to get uh, monthly art pieces of, you know, fan service versions of your favorite characters or just anything in Star Wars in general, um, all you have to do is pay $10 a month. It's really affordable. Well, okay, I say that, but it's fairly affordable. So if you want to see any of that, um, go ahead and go to the Patreon and you support the channel and the podcast as well. We'd appreciate the support. Yeah. Um, but yeah, any I know there's a lot of people out there that are listening to the uh, podcast format of this. I have a YouTube channel if you want to go take a look at that. Just saying. Anyway, um, as you guys can tell from my uh, introduction of a Patreon art piece, we all know what today's topic is about. The mm-hmm. handsome blue boy. <laughs> just said. And was- smart. It was Thrawn who runs this Tron. <laughs> so yeah, today's topic will be about Grand Admiral Thrawn himself. He is basically the epitome of the uh, blue skin trope that we like to joke about in our previous episodes. Doesn't mean he's still not attractive. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, just to give you, uh, just kind of to fill you in, kid, you are fairly familiar with the Chiss race, right? Fuck no. All the I the know blue people oh. with the red eyes? All I know about the Chiss is that they're blue. They're blue and that <laughs> <laughs> they have red eyes. Well, I mean, so do the Pantorans. Yeah. Well, the Pantorans don't have red eyes. A lot of uh, people in the Star Wars fan community jokingly call, call them as wannabe Chiss. I've heard that before. <laughs> but anyway, um, so Grand Admiral Fron is one of the first villains introduced in the expanded universe post-Return of the Jedi Star Wars. Um, and he was invented by longtime sci-fi author, I'm, I'm sorry if I uh, mispronounce his last name, Timothy Zane. If you guys don't know who Timothy Zane is, he has wrote a lot of sci-fi books, a lot of Star Wars ones, but mostly ones that involve Thrawn, like the first three Thrawn trilogy books, um, the new one as well. I bow down to this man for creating <laughs> such an awesome character. And as you can tell, we have a uh, diehard fan of the character in the room right now. Yeah. Uh, I kind of regret slash don't regret it, but anyway. 
Um, yeah, the fan being me. <laughs> <laughs> but says the one who wants a trigger to dummy mommy. <laughs> that is also that's very not a bad thing. No, that's not a bad thing. You um, say that like that's a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. That's like saying the fucking. That's like saying wine to sleep is bad. No, it isn't. <laughs> but yeah, for you guys in the chat, I'll send you guys a picture of the man. Um, in our Discord chat. I know what he looks like, I just don't know. Okay, what he okay. Looks. <sighs> <laughs> but anyway, before I get too sidetracked, so Fraun is basically the character that is the introduction to the Chiss race, like in the same way that uh, Chewbacca is an introduction to the Wookiees, or uh, what's another good example? I guess kind of Ahsoka Tano with a Togruta, but Shakti already existed beforehand. And I would also think maybe Yoda. Yoda, but Yoda's race. We don't go into that. We don't know <laughs> shit about it. <laughs> and of course, Jabba. Tell us your secrets, Lucas. <laughs> and of course, Jabba the Hutt with, you know, the Huts. Um, Grand Admiral Fraun was kind of broke new ground for archetypes of Star Wars characters. Like, beforehand, we have characters like Darth Vader, Darth Sidious, Jabba the Hutt. They're clearly the bad guys. The good guys and the bad guys. Yeah. Clear. But, yeah, but Fraun kind of brings that the nice little archetype of uh, all-powerful, all-knowing, sociopathic villain. He is incredibly intelligent, and he is, he basically, uh, he's threatening because he's just so goddamn smart. He's kind of like Bane. So he's Patrick Bateman from Psycho. <laughs> American kind of, yeah. American Psycho. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he has a business card that's the color bone. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what, that is one part that makes him attractive, in my opinion. Yeah. The dude is so fucking smart. Yeah. Who wouldn't, what, okay, what person would not be attracted to that? Gay, lesbian, whatever. Psychopath? Not psychopath, I, She's talking about the smart, smart. villains. Yeah, Blue Patrick Gaten. <laughs> Literally Blue Patrick Gaten. I'd let him hit it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, obviously, Fraun takes a lot of inspiration from real-life characters like uh, Erwin Rommel, who led the the uh, tank company during World War II for the Nazis in Africa, um, Robert E. Lee, Hannibal Berka, Alexander the Great, and Sherlock Holmes. A lot of people say he's the... Uh, Fraun, anyway, is the Sung Shun of Star Wars, but a lot of people say say he's more accurately the Sherlock Holmes. An evil villain is Sherlock Holmes. Yes. Yeah. But he's... He he's, is so fucking smart. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> but yeah, um, Fraun isn't one of my personal favorite villains, but after doing a lot of his research, I have a lot more appreciation for him now than I did back in the day. Um, if there's one bad thing I, would, I could say about Fraun is that... He's too overrated, if that makes any sense. In the same way, Maul or Darth Sidious are overrated. Hey man, Blue Patrick Bateman, I'm all ears. Yeah. Um, but I think he's a pretty cool villain. He's not as flashy as characters like, say, Cad Bane or Darth Sidious. Cad flashy. Well, he's got a <laughs> cowboy getup. Come on, man. He's a fucking boomer. <laughs> well, technically, so is Thrawn. <laughs> yes, but Thrawn looks less boomer. Therefore, he's more sexy. Therefore, I like him more. 
Yeah. Automatically, even though I don't know him. So you agree with me? He's sexy. He's sexy, but he's evil. Oh, poor Cat so Bane. <laughs> I, have a, I have a type. All right. Well, before I gush on more <laughs> about uh, maybe okay. <laughs> well, before I gush on more about uh, Fron and his out of lore history, um, actually, before I get into him, I'm going to say a quote. From the good old man. Because Fron quotes are the absolute best. He makes such good monologues out of his fucking self. Yeah. That's what makes a good villain. Yeah. Um, this is one of the newer Fron books, by the way. Um, one whose path has taken a new turn is often initially disoriented. But as time passes and the path continues steadily in its new direction, there is a tendency to do believe that it will remain so forever. With no further turns, nothing is further from the truth. A path one's bent is always susceptible to new changes, particularly when the original change came from manipulation by an outside force. Hmm. But yeah, um, he's got so many great quotes. Uh, I could read a Fron quotes for days, but just to lay a couple of uh, ground rules, I will be specifically talking about the Legends version of Fraun because he's now in canon as well. He's so popular that he got reintroduced in can- into canon via the Rebels TV show. Um, they aren't different per se. It's just that their stories are different. Like we don't know what's up with Fraun right now. Apparently, he's going to be the main antagonist of the Ahsoka TV show because she's specifically looking for Fraun and all that. We shall see. Yeah. It makes me excited to watch it. Yeah. But yeah, I will be talking about the uh, Legends version of Fraun because that's the one that we're all familiar with as the new canon still being made. Either way, they keep the, they keep him the same and that's the best part about it. Yeah. So looking up some more images. So, uh, they want either... People say either Benedict Cumberbatch should be... Fun. Yeah. He would be a perfect or, fit. Some people say Robert Downey Jr. for some reason. I don't think, I don't think so. Yeah. Benedict Cumberbatch, because he has played Sherlock Holmes, yeah. would be perfect. Yeah. I could see that, yeah. And he has that... That... I don't... Yeah, he, he, has, he has the face for it. He just kind of has the look. Yeah, but yeah. he also has that deep, buttery voice. Yeah. That Thrawn has. The, the he's like a he's got that uh that Dracula sort of voice in a new canon. But not as like scratchy. I know, I know. Also, his theme song it has an opera in it. Of course, so it fucking does. badass. He's such an artsy motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. The dude worships the art. But anyway, let me get back to the main meat of this episode. You know, usually um, I'm simping. Today is Hannah's simp episode. So hey, it evens things out, kid. Yes, it does. <laughs> I, so, <laughs> I'm the resident To, to prove Hannah is a racist once again. <laughs> <laughs> she she is into a space Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> Would that even count as racism, though? Dating a space Nazi? Yes! Sippin' <laughs> sippin'. Well, he's not that much of a Nazi, but I'll, I'll just get into his story. I am into evil MILFs, therefore I am evil. So. Yes, you were into... Throughout <laughs> <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> anyway, before we get sidetracked anymore. So, Grand Admiral Fron was a chiss that was born on his home world of Shilla, which is basically a planet in the middle of the unknown regions, out in the middle of buttfuck nowhere. Um, 
And it, so it's, it's, a, it's the month's park of space. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Just roasting yourself there, Hannah. Okay. Yep. The park of space. <laughs> yep. Anyways. Um, so it isn't exactly known when he was born, but it's assumingly in the final decade of the Old Republic, which is like in the prequel era and all that. Um, interestingly enough, in canon, he was born at around 59 years before the Battle of Yavin. So this was like uh, 20 years before the invasion of Naboo. Same as Cad Bane. But yeah, um, this is going to be uh, a little bit silly. Um, he was given the birth name of Milfro Rondel. I'll uh, show you guys in the chat. Because it's... Let's just say they're yeah, naming... Yeah, just, just names are weird to say. Yeah, they're very weird to say. Let me just... Uh, there we go. Oh, I thought it was an L. I thought this was Milf. <laughs> I'll, but, I'll try and say it. Yeah. yeah. So basically, the naming conventions of the Chis is that the first part of their name is, I believe, their clan name. Their middle one, which is separated with the apostrophe, is their public name. And then the last is their occupation or title or something like that. Hmm. Interesting. So if you want to go to, with Chis standards, his actual name is Raw. <laughs> hey raw what's up he punched you in the face <laughs> he would insert it raw <laughs> knew that was coming <laughs> yes. uh, so uh, little raw <laughs> was initially born as a simple commoner because kind of to give you a little background on just society just society is weird it's basically a uh, oligarchy, which means they're ruled by families. At this point in time, they're ruled by five families. I think in Chiss history, they could the the power and numbers of family can vary drastically. Like I think the highest is like ten, while the lowest is like three families. Interesting. Yeah. So, it's so weird. It's an oligarchy. So obviously, like Hunger Games in an almost kind of like the way Snow ruled hung, ruled the Hunger Games. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, basically, Frondo, he was never born into the five ruling families, so he was basically a commoner the moment he was born. Oh, sad um, upbringing. <laughs> yeah. And as he, yeah, as he grew up, he, start, he joined the uh, Chis Exp Expansionary Defense Force, which is basically the Chis military. Um, and he became... By becoming a soldier in the military, he basically became a noble because, hey, I have a position of power now. Um, and within a couple of years, he reached the rank of commander, and he was known as the youngest chist to attain the rank within the military. So he's pretty good with military stuff. Yes, he is. Like, just pretty from good. a young age. Yeah. I would assume he was in his 20s by the time he reached that rank right now. Yeah, look at us. We're in the middle of an apartment doing nothing but talking about fictional characters. <laughs> Why did you make me feel bad about myself? <laughs> Dude, this is a fictional character. No, no, her fictional character could, no real life person could ever do this unless uh -huh. they were super rich. I mean, unless you're Napoleon Bonaparte. <laughs> Privilege. <laughs> <laughs> he was from a noble family. Like, I know, yeah. I know. But anyway, um, That's so, fiction. so his first ever interactions with a wider galaxy occurred 
relatively 29 years before the Battle of Yavin. So this is like two years after the invasion of Naboo, by the way. Okay. Um, and so when Anakin becomes a Padawan. Yeah, yeah. So he was commanding his ship one day called the Springhawk. He was just do-do-do-do, just patrolling of the outskirts of Chiss space and all that. Um, and he came across a interesting vessel that was being chased by, I think, Cuts or something. And he was all like, oh, those people are in danger. I better go help them out. So he had, he ordered his ship to chase off the huts or whatever. And then he boarded the ship. And he comes across several of the occupants. And basically, he doesn't understand basic at all. So he has these humanoid that aren't blue. And they're trying to speak to him. And he's like, I, I can't understand you. What the fuck? And... To kind of uh, get by this issue, he decided to try another language that they might be fluent in. And he reached to the trade... I forgive the name of a language, but it's basically a trade language that the people of the Unknown Regions use between um, those that are in the main galaxy and the Unknown Regions, you know, for trading stuff. Um, so he decided to use that language, and as luck would have it, they do speak the same language. So they're like, okay, what's going on? Uh, what are you guys doing? And he was kind of like interrogating these people. And he found out later down the line that they're actually a bunch of smugglers. Which is why the Huts were chasing after them. Because exactly. they probably stole a couple of things. And Fran was like, okay, um, you're technically a <laughs> wandering into Chiss space, which is not allowed. So I'm going to take you in as uh, my prisoners for the time being. And he decided to take them back to Shilla for processing and all that. And along the... This was like, I think a couple weeks journey, something like that. And he decided, I'm going to learn more about these new travelers. And for the past couple weeks, uh, the smuggler basically teached them the ways of basic. And he became a very fluent in basic. And along the lines, the smugglers were having a really hard time pronouncing his name. And he decided to shorten it to Fraun, which is his core name. Oh, that's cool. So yeah. that's how he got his name. Yeah, because obviously Raw doesn't sound cool at all. <laughs> it's fucking Raw! <laughs> you, you have to put a core kind of thing yeah, in yeah, there. Yeah. Oh my god. No, um, Ramsey. It's like, Raw! It's like, it's like, I know it's Raw shit. No, Raw! I meant Raw the chef! <laughs> <laughs> Poor Raw. Fuck, he probably knows a lot about cooking anyway. Maybe. We'll see. Um, so as he took his human guess, um, along the lines, he encountered a bunch of raiders that were just, you know, just chilling out at the edge of Chiss space. Now, to give you a perspective on the Chiss government again, um, the Chiss, they're not a really expansionist or anything like that. They kind of keep to themselves. They're isolationists. That's fair. Um... So they don't really go out and meddle in other societies or anything like that because, you know, they want to keep to themselves. And uh, this kind of leaves them vulnerable because there are people just chilling out on their doorstep. And unless they attack them first, they really can't do anything. Um, and that's something that Fraun was not all about because he's all like, he's all about action. He wants to go out and make a difference while the government is like, no, 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 you can't do that. We got to... Wait until they do something to us first. Then we could attack them. Hmm. And that's just something Fraun is annoyed with. Yeah, I can see why. Yeah. 
So anyway, um, so he comes across these raiders, um, and they're a part of his other race that lives in the unknown regions, and they're called the Vagari. I'll actually send you guys a picture of what they look like. They're kind of ugly-looking fuckers. Just give it a second. Also, Wi-Fi is really fucky, so, um... I see that. <laughs> you can use your data. That, yeah, I'm switching over to my data, don't worry. Same, but mine's only at two bars. There we go. There yeah, there we go. Yeah, the Vagari are, are <laughs> ugly-looking fuckers. Ew. Nothing's come up for me yet. <laughs> but anyway, so, point is... He saw, they got big-ass middle fingers. Yeah, they do. <laughs> so the Vagari are basically a bunch of slavers and pirates. They are, Nice drip. They have fucking nice-ass drip. Well, yeah, they do, but they look really... <laughs> they look really ugly, but... Yeah, the Vagari are basically a race of pirates that are known to go around and pillage planets, taking slaves for themselves and all that fun stuff. And Fron is all like, Ooh, this makes me so mad! And against... Chis tradition or protocol, he decided to investigate these raiders. And, uh, <laughs> um, you'll probably see the Vagari as, uh, really evil sons of bitches. Um, so he goes up to the raiders and he investigates the exterior of their ship. Yeah, exterior. And he sees all of these bubble looking structures all over the ships. And he starts to realize that they have living shields. Basically, it's layman's terms for... Imagine, like, a uh, transparisteel tube. It kind of looks like a glass cylinder. And inside is a person. Hmm. They have living shields over a ship of slaves or prisoners that they capture along the way. And it's, it's basically the Vagari saying... Fuck you, if you fire on us, you'll be killing innocent people in the process. Damn. And Fron... <laughs> At this point in his life, Fron isn't quote-unquote evil. He is still believes in protecting the innocent and all that, but even he is kind of ruthless, and he decided to open fire on that ship anyway. Because in his, his idea is... If I allow these raiders to escape, sure, I'll be killing innocent people in the process, but if I kill this vessel right here, right now, that means... Thousands of people are saved. Yeah, thousands of people are saved from from whatever torture the Vagari will do down the line. Based? Yeah, he's pretty based. Um, and after that, uh, his superiors basically were like, what the fuck, Franz, stop doing this shit, you're... Such a goddamn maverick, and Fron is like, fuck you, we we need to be much more proactive. We need to go out there and secure our territories and stop people from causing so much death and suffering in our corner of the galaxy and all that. Based! <laughs> uh, um, and the Chiz, as I mentioned, are isolationists. And okay, no, that's not based. Yeah. <laughs> anyway... So the Chiz, when uh, Fron brought back the prisoners, uh, the uh, smuggler prisoners, by the way, um, they were kind of wary of them. And they're like, where the fuck do you come from? Just stay away from our planet and all that. 
um, you know, being very xenophobe and all that. Oh, they're oh, xenophobic, no, okay. that's too. Not, that's not based either. No. <laughs> but Fraun, on the other hand, he was a very open-minded individual. And he wants to based? know... <laughs> and he wanted to know more of the galaxy. Like, during his time... Uh, this is all in a, an entire novel, which I don't have the time to go into detail in one episode. So I'm just doing it for simplistic... Clip uh, notes. Clip notes version. Um, he was... Uh, he decided to, aside from learning Galactic Basic and all that, he decided, hey, could you tell me more about the galaxy that you come from? And the smuggler basically told him of such things that are unknown to the Chiss. He told him about the Republic. He told him about droids, which, by the way, is a very foreign concept to the Chiss. Oh. Um, yep. So they have they, no... Wait, they, don't, they don't know about the Jedi? They, they don't know about the Jedi, and they don't know about droids because... Droids are a very foreign concept to them. Like oh. to the chest, droids yes. are a foreign concept. Yeah, why? yeah, it's like a artificial intelligence. Why should we trust an AI that doesn't even live or anything like I mean, that? Because it can calculate things much faster than you at, a, at like an at a second. <laughs> so their technology isn't as advanced. Well, it's it's. It's not that their technology isn't advanced, but do keep in mind, they do live in the unknown region, so their technology goes down a very different path compared to the mainstream galaxy and all that. Well, I, I've seen theories that the, the galaxy, the mainstream galaxy, has, like, peaks of very high-tech stuff and then low peaks. Yeah. Because that explained better the... Like, why everything in the prequels looks so nice, but then everything in the, yeah. in the original trilogy looks so shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I know those theories, too. But for the Chiss, I think they have... They go down different guidelines, so to speak. Like, uh... What's a good example I could throw at? Okay. No, I'm not going to attempt that. But anyway, point is, Chiss <laughs> doesn't know about droids or the Jedi. Hmm. So, anyway... Um, so several days goes by, and word of the scout ships under his command um, have detected this unknown fleet exiting out of hyperspace right near Chiss space. And Fron was all like, "That's sus." <laughs> I, I, I'm <laughs> <laughs> That's sus as fuck, bro. And he decided to go check it out. And he brought one of his smuggler friends with him because they're probably from the main galaxy, and he needs an outsider to tell him all of his information. And he was like, hey, buddy, could you tell me what those ships are? And he's like, oh, those? Those are ships of a trade federation. They're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> so, yeah, um, let's see. This, so, that's not good. <laughs> so, yeah, basically, Fronda comes across this fleet of two Lucre Hulks, which are the donut ships, by the way, mm -hmm. um, and several other smaller support craft just chilling out in right dangerously close to Chiss space. And he's all like, what the hell is going on? Are they planning to attack Shilla? Are they here like, for some other purpose? On? And <laughs> no joke, Fron decided to hail the fleet's flagship for 10 minutes straight. He's all like, hey, hey, hey. Like Dobby. Hey. <laughs> he did this for 10 minutes straight. Wait, he's he like, hey. Was he, was he actually just like, hey? No, no, not literally like that, but he was hailing the ship for 10 minutes straight, like, hey, pick up, bitch. I can see him sitting in the command chair, just... <laughs> and eventually... <laughs> just pick up! <laughs> and eventually the uh, 
The commander of his fleet picks up. It's a human by the name of Stratus. He's probably all like, what? What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> so he picks up. Ten and it's a persistent, hey! Fucking <laughs> pay attention to me! Hi. And he, he's all like, what do you want? And, you know, both him and Fraun have his little chat like, hey, what are you doing out here? Do you not realize this is in the middle of Chiss space? And they're like... Oh, no, no, we're not here for you. I promise we're, we don't mean you harm or anything like that. And Fron was all like, okay, can you tell me why you're here? Uh, I think it's best that we don't tell you what's going on. And <laughs> very suspicious. And as they're talking, both of the Luker Hulks decide to, to uh, <laughs> counter um, Fron's meager fleet. And they send off a bunch of vulture droids after him. Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, and Fron was like, shit! And he brought his ships out of range of a vulture droids. Because they have a limited range. They can't go off in infinite. Um, and based on his knowledge of droids, Fron decided to do an experiment. By the way, Fron has only three corvettes against like an entire armada of Trade Federation ships. That's not good. Yeah. So he commanded one... He is very outnumbered. He is very outnumbered, but you'll be impressed by his tactics later. So basically what he did is he commanded one of his corvettes to kind of go up at the very edge of the operational range of the vulture droids, kind of like prodding it, prodding it again and again, kind of to see what the vulture droids would do. Like, you know, the vulture droids would stay idle the moment the corvette goes into their range. They're like... Oh, so just testing the range. They're just testing the range, but but yeah. Um. By the way, I gotta give huge preps for uh for uh, Eckhart's letter. If you don't know, he's a very good YouTuber, and he does a lot of visualizations of ship battles and all that. I gotta hand it to him for visualizing the uh for his little standoff because it really helped me a lot with my research. Um. So let me see. Um, of course, Star Wars fans would do that. <laughs> so basically, what Fron did is he's prodding the zone of the vulture droids and having the same ship retreat over and over again. Um, it wasn't only to see the extent of a limited range of a vulture droids, but as a way to discover and uh, decrypt the signal that the droids are getting from their control ship because oh, they're doing yeah. the exact same movement over and over again, like. They are heavily encrypted, but even heavily encrypted signals could be decrypted if you get the pat signal patterns over and over again. Um, so after he decrypts the signals, he orders his fleet to move closer and within the operational range of the vultures. But the uh, commanders of the control ships were shocked to see that the vulture droids weren't attacking them. And Fron basically commanded them to fly in, in the void of space right past them. <laughs> so basically he's like, do, 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 and the vulture droids are just flying away. That's funny. Let's see. However, Federation captain must be like, what the fuck? Well, this only took out the initial swarm of vulture droids um, because they had a backup fleet to just in case. So they decided to send off... Uh, the Trade Federation guys decided to send off their second wave of Vulture Droids. Um, and Fron also found out that the Vulture Droids can't tell the difference between a hostile ship and an object, like a missile or something. So he decided, hey, one of my starfighters, fire a missile at them. And 
It does as he's ordered to, and the vulture droids attack the missile. Uh, however, this turned out to be a trap. Basically, the missile had this EMP net. It exploded, and it disabled the rest of the vulture droids. Ah, it fucked. Yeah. Um, and the Trade Federation were basically all like, what the fuck? Send everything! Send all the vulture droids after him! And... Before the vulture droids can leave, his corvettes are close enough to the Luker Hulk control ships to the point where he could uh, interfere with their signals and all that. And he had one of his ships jam the second Luker Hulk vessel. And basically, it, it didn't seem to do much on the surface, but I also want to point out that the vulture droids have a Wi-Fi connection with uh, control ships. And the moment that they lose that Wi-Fi connection, they basically explode so they don't fall into enemy hands. What are they using? Suddenly? <laughs> <laughs> so... Or Verizon? Yeah. So, point is, lose their Wi-Fi connection. What do you think is going to happen with all those vulture droids inside of a ship? <laughs> yep. They explode and take out that ship from within. That sucks. Yeah. And then you got uh, outsmarted by a three-ship fleet. Yeah. And uh, long story short, Fraun basically took out uh, his Starfire squad, took out the remaining support vessels and all that, and the, the Trade Federation captain was basically like, ordered to stand down like, so he doesn't get saying. blown up. <laughs> Keep in mind, his... Small fleet of only three corvettes, which are like minnows compared to these ships. And he's able to take down several ships with no casualties on his side. That is fucking awesome. By the way, this is 20-year-old Fron. He's not in his prime yet. Still! <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um... Da -da -da -da. Yeah. And yeah, through this simple move, he had... One Luker Hulk vessel, and they basically surrendered because they don't have any more support. And they're like, okay, like, fine, whatever. Surrender. <laughs> By the way, the, uh, the control ship's name is the Darkvenge, which I think is pretty cool. Um, and Fron decided to board the ship, and he wanted to personally go have a chat with his Stratus guy. He was like, you were sane, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You no, were saying I wouldn't, I wouldn't even just pick up the call. I just keep spamming calls. <laughs> <laughs> and so Strat is, you know, being literally backed into a corner by Fraun. Um, he basically told him, "Okay, we're in this section of space because we are trying to trying to stop this exploration vessel called the Outbound Flight." which are carrying a group of Jedi Masters into the unknown regions. And the man claimed, if you allow this force of Jedi to come to Shila, they will dominate the entire world, they'll rule it with an iron fist, blah, 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 blah. And Fron, throughout the entire conversation, is like, uh-huh, uh-huh, because he was informed beforehand what the Jedi actually were. They're not conquerors, they're, they're peacekeepers and all that. That's funny, it's yeah. like, yeah, uh-huh, he bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, he, Fraun was smart enough to realize that Stratus was trying to goad him into destroying the outbound flight for him. He kind of thought about, you know, dealing with the outbound flight, but he decided, okay, um, I could do that, but I'm just going to leave you here and uh, not leave you here. Take you prisoner and take the ship for myself. Now he's got a donut ship at his disposal. <laughs> 
just like, ooh, new ship. New ship. <laughs> but anyway, um, a couple of days passed, and Fron did some other things while, uh, um, blah, 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 blah. He did some things with a control ship, you know, doing some future plans, and which will become relevant later. Um, a couple of days passed, and Fron initially wanted to use the Lucre Hulk and its complement of vulture droids to, you know, fuck over the Vagari because they're pieces of shit and all that. And with his ship, they're officially not Chiss ships, so the, <laughs> the thing is wide open for abuse and all that. Um... But anyway, um, he wanted to get this plan in motion and probably find a way why they they uh, wanted to stop this outbound flight vessel. And he goes up to Stratus again, and he's basically all like, okay, I do have plans in motion to do my own thing, but if you want me to stop the outbound flight, you will tell me the fucking truth, or I will have to send you back where you came from. Basically, he's telling him, tell me the fucking truth or shut up, bitch. And at that point, Stratus decided he, he had no other option but to reveal everything to Fron. Turns out, Stratus was actually named Kinman Durana, and he is the personal advisor of Palpatine himself. Oh, fuck. And he revealed that he knew about a group of entities that lie within the fringes of the unknown regions, which are called the outbound, not the um, bleh, bleh. the the <laughs> the um the far outsiders. Basically, there's this huge unknown fleet that is amassing at the edge of the unknown regions, and the reason why he was sent to stop the outbound flight was because they were basically making a beeline towards that invasion force. And if the outbound flight was, say, captured, that would lead them straight to the Republic. God damn. Yeah. And he, and the conman actually got Fraun into contact with Palpatine himself. So this was their first proper introduction. Holy shit. Yeah. It, it's, it's really, really tense and really cool. Um, and Palpatine's all like, wow. A battle of wits. <laughs> Literally, it's a battle of wits. And Palpatine was all like, Wow, Fron, um, my uh, advisor has told me of, of you single-handedly taking down a larger freed with a meager free Corvettes. You must be a really good strategist. And, you know, he's... He's, he's kissing his ass. He's kissing his ass and... Uh, Palpatine kissing ass? Yeah, kissing ass. The Palpatine Thrawn ship confirmed. Oh god, yeah. ew! <laughs> Who would ship Palpatine with anybody? Do it! <laughs> Do it! And uh, as <laughs> Palpatine was telling him the relevant information and all of that, Thrawn, even though it doesn't immediately concern him, you know, with the invasion force going directly to the Republic, it also threatened his people because they're the first in line before these invaders go directly to the Republic. So he decided, okay, yeah, I'll uh, go ahead and stop the outbound flight because it also threatens my race as much as it does to your Republic right now. And he basically agreed to work with Front, not uh, with Palpatine and his advisor to stop the outbound flight. So basically, they just chill out in this section of space for, I say, a couple of days or weeks. Um, just chilling there, planning and all that. 
Um, and eventually the outbound flight does arrive. By the way, I gotta show you this ship. It is fucking huge. Um, just to give you an idea, it has like... I think... Five? Let me count that. One, two, three, four, five, six. Six ships around it with a little colony ship in the center. Oh. Cool. Yeah. Um, by the way, this ship... So, um, this ship is led by this Jedi Master called, uh, Jarrah Subaloff. I'll send you a picture of him, too. He's basically Palpatine if he joined the Jedi Order. You'll see in a little bit. Huh. Yeah. He's kind of a decrepit old man. Looks like God. <laughs> kind of. loading! <laughs> but anyway, he um... Looks like Gandalf God. Gandalf God. Is he? Jesus? That's God. Yeah, no, that's no, no. <laughs> Jesus. That's God. That's literally Jehovah right there. Take that's... off one eye and he's Odin. Yeah. Well, anyway, the Thor, out- have you cleaned your fucking room? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Clean your room for <laughs> God. And uh, so the outbound flight comes out of hyperspace, and oh my God, oh my God, he's Jesus. <laughs> So, the outbound flight arrives, and obviously, Conmen, being the advisor of Palpatine, had every intention to destroy the vessel. And he's like, Fron, we need to open fire on that shit now before it does anything else. But Fron, he's a, he's not a, a bloodthirsty psychopath like everybody else. He's all like, no, 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 I want to resolve this peacefully. I want to see right, if... this is before he was evil. Yeah, um, and... Keep in mind, the outbound flight has, like, somewhere around 50,000 people on it. Holy fuck. So, yeah, there is a lot at stake here if you just open fire on that ship. Um, so, he decided to try and hail the ship once every five minutes for half an hour straight. Just, come on. Come <laughs> on. Wake up. Wake come up. on. <laughs> and eventually, the Jarrah Sabalov answered the call. And he's like, what? What do you want? And... After their initial conversation, they decided to parlay with each other. So Frana goes onto the outbound flight, and he personally talks with the Jedi Master, and basically Fron tells him everything. He tells tells him that they're going straight into a shitstorm, that Palpatine is behind everything, that he's working with Palpatine. He does everything he can to uh, try and convince the Jedi Master to turn the fuck back. And how does he respond to this, you may ask? Fuck off. He basically said, piss off. God damn. <laughs> and Fron was all like, okay, Fun. okay. I'll, I'll go back to my ship and I'll give you time to reconsider. I'll give you 30 minutes. Then I'll be forced to open fire on you. Like, okay, you're going to fuck around and find out. Yep. And uh, little did Fron know, um... I want you to keep in mind, Joris Sabov is, to put it mildly, a little bit crazy. And. <laughs> no fucking shit! He's a little bit crazy. Um, and there were actually a couple of. <laughs> there were. There were actually a couple of crewmates that uh, didn't like his, the way he was handling things on the outbound flight. You know, kind of his little mutiny thing going on. But of course, they can't do anything because he's a god tier force user. He probably just mind tricks all of them. Um, 
So Fran goes back to his ship and he just chills out for something to happen and all that just to give him time. And at around this time, uh, something bad happens. A fleet of Vagari ships and exit out of hyperspace. Oh shit. And they see these two ships and they see this colony ship and they're like, Ooh, colonists to plunder. Yeah. <laughs> and... Basically, um, the Vigari go to intercept the uh, outbound flight because, you know, slaves and all that. Um, and the Jedi is, look at these ships and they see, like, the living shields that they have on them. And they're like, there's no fucking way we're going to open fire on these things. We'll be killing innocent people in the process. So basically what they did was they reached out through the force to basically calm all the Vagari, at least for a little bit, so that the outbound flight could get closer and board the ships and all that. Um, th this was exactly what Fraun was hoping for, though. And at this moment, while the outbound flight of the Vagari were distracted, he activated a signal which spurred a hidden fleet of vulture droids and they opened fire on the Vagari ship while making sure to not fire on the uh on the slave shields and all that that's smart yeah and basically um so in his initial conversation with palpatine palpatine basically gave him a couple of hints of how to deal with jedi and one of the hints that he gave was the jedi have used the force a lot and a mass massive amount of death can disorient their senses because, you know, they're witnessing a shitload of death right in front of them. Um, so, armed with that knowledge, Fraun basically had the vulture droids open fire of the Vagari ships, and with all that death, um, basically that was enough to distract the Jedi crew, and he decided to open fire on the outbound flight, only disabling its turrets on all of that, and its shield generators. Basic, basically, he is disarmed of the outbound flight and probably going to annihilate the entire Vigari fleet in the process. And he contacts the outbound flight again. And he's like, please, I am he's begging, begging you. Them. Turn the fuck around. He's all like, I fucking beg you. I could have killed you anytime I wanted to, but I didn't. Either A, surrender to us, or B, go back to the Republic and never come back. Please. Damn. Yeah, Vron is doing absolutely everything he can to make sure he doesn't kill any innocent people. Well, he's fucking over the Vagari, but who gives a shit about them? Yeah. Um, however, Jarvis, <laughs> <laughs> I want you to guess what happens next. He doesn't listen. It's off. So, um... Yeah, Jerez, as I mentioned before, he's a little bit crazy, and during his entire time, he was falling deeper and deeper to the dark side, and basically what he did, this is through uh, comms, by the way, or hollow transmissions and all that, he reaches out through the force and starts choking Fraun. Oh, shit! And his entire crew are like, holy fuck, our, our, our commander is, is choking to death, we gotta do something, but obviously they can't because it's the force, not something physical around his neck. God damn this fucker. Yeah. And uh, Kenman, the uh, advisor due to Palpatine, basically uh, did one thing that he could think of. He uh, switched the signals of the vulture droids that were currently attacking the Vagari ships and had them attack the outbound flight itself. Oh no! So the vulture droids opened fire on the Vagari, not Vagari, uh, the outbound flight, and on top of that, they released 
radiation bombs to ensure that everybody on the ship fucking died. Oh, shit. And as, obviously, Jarsabov died in the process and Fron had his neck not being choked. Um, however, in the process, the outbound flight was radioactive. Most of its ships have been destroyed to fuck. And almost... The entirety of a 50,000 crew was killed. And Let it float off into, into unknown space. Fuck and, that. And, uh, and Fron was not happy. He was not happy. Because he obviously wanted to settle things peacefully. He was quite angry because... And as well as killing that many innocent people, the vulture... The vulture droids basically are letting the remaining Vagari ships go. Like, most of them have been destroyed and the rest are wounded, but at least they could go back and lick their wounds and raid innocent people another day. So he was quite unhappy about that. He was hoping to kill all of the Vagari in one single blow, but they lived to fight another day. And Fron was like, ugh, son of a Bitch. Okay, okay. At least we have the innocent slaves that we could rescue from the Vagari ships. So he and, by the way, he personally led the rescue mission to give the remaining slaves and send them back to their home worlds that oh. they were taken from. Cool. So he's a pretty cool guy. Um, at least now. Yeah, at least for now. Um, let's see. Uh, buh, 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 buh. Um. So. Obviously, the Chiss Ascendancy, this is the name of their government, by the way, kind of got wind of the operation that was going on, and they went there, and they found the outbound flight, and they're like, we need to take that, because there's probably technology that we could use, and reverse engineer, and all that, blah, blah, blah. It's and irradiated, don't do it! <laughs> they don't give a shit. Um, and Fron was basically all like, if I allow these people, my people to take the outbound flight and its vast amounts of knowledge, technology, all of this stuff, that would basically make this one family more powerful than the others, kind of destabilizing the bounds of power in the Chiss Ascendancy. And Fron didn't want that, so he kind of distracted the families for the time being, and his brother um, went to the outbound flight. Yes, he has a brother, by the way. Um, went to the outbound flight, and he kind of found out that the center ship had uh, 50 survivors on it that escaped the radiation. And he decided to guide these people to another planet in the unknown regions where the Chiss can't get them. Ah, oh, interesting. And that was the last time Fron ever saw his brother. Oh, damn. Yeah. he. I think he died when uh, he was helping out the colonists on this world that they crash landed on. But yeah, um, he never saw his brother after that. Well, that's depressing. Yeah. Um, and then after that, um, he kind of parted ways with the conmen die and uh, the smuggler dude. Um, and the smuggler dude kind of has his own adventures. He kind of has his run-in with Master Yoda and a couple of other things, which I will discuss in his whole other episode. Um, but conmen is all like, dude, you are a really good commander. And I see that your government doesn't really like you that much. Um, maybe in the future you would like to join the uh, government that me and my master are planning to 
build. And Fran was like, I'll consider it. He says, hey, you want to join our group? Yeah. <laughs> and as you can see, Fran isn't exactly down with the way his government is. He's not is. down with the sickness. He's not down <laughs> with the sickness. But yeah. Yeah, Fran obviously feels very restricted as the way he is in the Chiss Ascendancy. Like, no, 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 you can't do that, but I want to kill those pirates over there. They're killing innocent people and taking their families as their slaves. Sucks for them, I suppose. He wants to get more involved. Yeah. You could understand Fran's frustrations and why he would want to join the Empire. Yeah. Um, Because, as... Let's admit... Autocracies are fucking evil sometimes. Yes. Um, but one thing we can admit, they get shit done. Fair. Yeah. It's not like uh, with most democracies where it's like, hey, I want to do this thing. And the entire Senate has to vote if they uh, want you to do this. And they're like, eh. Basically, nothing gets done. Yeah. And as we've seen in the Clone Wars, uh, the Galactic Senate, there's... Okay. So there's... The Galactic Senate didn't agree on a lot of stuff. No. <laughs> no, it did not. Um, there's this uh, quote that I think represents the Galactic Senate in a, <laughs> in a nutshell. It takes years for the Senate to decide anything. Yeah. <laughs> and that's obviously something that Thrawn isn't down with right off the bat. Like, yeah, autocracies are kind of evil, but all you have to do is just, hey, can I do this thing? Sure, go for it. And that's something that Fraun is down with doing. Down with the sickness. <laughs> Again. Um, so eventually, Fraun was exiled by his people after going against their will way too often. Um, I don't think he cared. Yeah, he's like, goodbye, bitch. <laughs> so he was exiled to this uh, planet in the Outer Rim or something like that. Um, eventually, the Empire found out about him, but... Not knowingly finding him. They were basically chasing this unrelated smuggler that happened to go upon this world that he was marooned on. And there was his occupation force of stormtroopers, so... I'll, um... It's an entire thing, which I don't have time to explain. Basically, he infiltrated the camp of stormtroopers, um, disguised as one of them, and using nothing but a simple slingshot and some berries... He basically had the local wildlife trample all the stormtroopers underfoot with just throwing this berry underneath their armor. <laughs> That's smart. God damn. Yeah. He basically... I actually like this guy. He's yeah. pretty funny. He's pretty cool. He's pretty cool. He's Even... based. He's not gay. <laughs> He's not uh... a beta. <laughs> Facts. And it got so bad that uh, the fleet overhead were basically like... All of our dudes are getting killed by this mysterious person. Let's blow this planet into oblivion. And the commanding officer was like, no, 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 we can't do that because we need that smuggler alive. <laughs> and uh, I think they eventually found the smuggler and Fraun only because he allowed himself to get captured. And the commanding officer was basically like, wow, you did some really impressive things with basically a slingshot and, and some berries. You want to join our military? (laughs) You want to join our military? And he's like, fuck yeah. Want to join the military? Fuck yeah. Yeah, and and for an alien to join the military of a uh, humo-centralist faction, it's pretty goddamn impressive that they would even consider recruiting him. Yep. Yeah. Um, But that's how good he is. Yeah. 
Eventually, Vrana quickly rose through the ranks to the point that he even became a teacher at a local Imperial Academy. He was basically the professor teaching all of these young humans. And how old is he at this time? <laughs> Around 30 or 40 years old. So this is how you detonate a terrorist. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I want to point out that obviously Fraun isn't exactly a patriot of the Empire because he obviously loves learning the culture, the art, and history of alien races. He's only with... The Empire, because it allows him more freedom to to <laughs> secure a protection for his people in the unknown regions and all Let's that. See. That was a lot of sneezes, Kit. You okay there? Yes, I'm fine. <laughs> okay. Um, but he was under the belief that the galaxy was going to be under threat by these uh, external enemies, like I mentioned before, of a far outsiders. And he believed that a galaxy united under a single iron fist would be best suited to fight off such a threat because if you're divided amongst or share the power with multiple species and cultures naturally those cultures are going to disagree with one another and cause chaos fair yeah um and he saw governments like the republic as inefficient because while yes they are united in a way um they still there bicker with each other but there are still way too many people to actually take care of and get done. Yeah. Like, get everything done with. Yeah. In this case... the Senate would probably debate about shit for yeah, years. Yeah, And exactly. nothing would get done. Yep. Yep, exactly. In his case, he believed in a strong centralization of a government that was capable of listening to its people. But there should be one dominating voice instead of multiple voices, which could cause delays on decisions or being bogged down by bureaucracy and all that. Um... That being said, as I mentioned before, he loves diversity, and he loves anything art-related. Um. <laughs> the biggest Thrawn fan is now me. <laughs> How is that? Like, fuck, he, I don't even care that he's not at his villain stage yet, but... Yeah. God damn! Yeah. Um... So he loves art, and he believes that uh, studying the art of a race is a way to study that race. Because we always, uh, not us anyway, but well, there are... Well, what do you think of humans with our furry porn? <laughs> 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 our fucking degenerate He's probably looking at them like, these guys are a bunch of degenerate motherfuckers. I could tempt them easily. But that, <laughs> is, that, that is how we as humans have learned about culture yeah. ourselves. Yeah, like the Mona Lisa, we debate to this very day, why the fuck is she smiling and what kind of implications is behind that smile and all that. It's it's a whole science, and that's something that Thrawn is a master at. Like, there's this, uh, <laughs> I, I'm going I back in- I wish I fucking had words to say about my feelings right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going back into canon, but it it, it exemplifies Fraud as a character. So, in uh, Rebels, um, basically he's well accustomed to the uh, graffiti style of Sabine Wren, which is the Mandalorian of a crew and all that. She has this unique art style to it. Yeah. And like, um, so base, long story short, uh, the main character, Ezra Bridger, infiltrates a Star Destroyer while being under the guise of a bounty hunter. Um Fraun confiscated the helmet that was under Sabine Wren's uh, trademark graffiti marks. And Fraun was all like, 
that's no bounty hunter, that's Sabine Wren, because I remember the sharp sharpness of her uh, graffiti and all of that. And How fucking smart do you have to be to, to actually remember recall the sharpness that? Of a fucking graffiti. What the fuck? He could look at a blade of grass and be like, that wasn't there before. <laughs> what a guy. Yeah. The fucking details. Oh my god! Yeah, he is... He is literally evil, blue-skinned Sherlock Holmes. Nothing gets past this man's eyes. I don't want to turn this into an NSFW episode, but... <laughs> but yeah, Fraun loves art. He even has his own a private room full of just art pieces, armor, gallery. relics, and all that. No, it's like, this is my favorite. No, he stands up, puts his hands behind his back, and has a curtain. This is my favorite piece. Unveils it. It's like furry porn. <laughs> That's actually not that far off. That's actually not that far off. Um, he acts so among his personal collection, he has his own personal set of Mandalorian armor that he actually uses on an undercover mission once. Holy! Fuck. And it's also rumored. This is rumor, by the way, that he that he also possesses the mask of General Grievous. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Holy fuck! Yeah. And this is also another cool thing about Fraun. Um, okay, cool. This is another cool thing about Fraun. Like, uh, as we know from the movies, a lot of Imperial commanders are very snobby, think that they're better than everybody else, and, you know, just British assholes, basically. British assholes. I mean, they have a British accent. They're like, huh. I, like Tarkin. Yeah. Like, Tarkin was an asshole. Yeah, he Um... Fraun is kind of unique among Imperial commanders, whereas most, most Imperial commanders are like, fire all cannons at this small ship, they won't be able to stand up to our might. Uh, sir, is that a good idea? We're going into an asteroid. Don't you dare question my authority and sign to go to the brig with you. Instead, Fraun is basically all like, open a fire on that ship over there. Sir, are you sure that's a good idea? Well, if you have other ideas, I'm willing to listen. He, he is a legitimately caring, and he, as smart of a man as Fraun is, even he is aware that he can't think of everything, and he listens to the input of his subordinates and all that. How can you not be attracted to that? And Holy fucking <laughs> shit! And he legitimately cares about his own men. Like, you know how, like, Darth Vader would choke the fuck out of everybody if they fail him once? Yeah. Um, Fraun isn't all about that, because that's wasting troops. That's wasting your your good commanding officers. Like, if they... Thrawn would only choke in bed. <laughs> Christ. Um, at one... <laughs> there's one point where uh, there was a smuggler who wanted to give him information, but a lot of shit got blown up in the process and Fraun outright got angry at him because he caused the death of five stormtroopers. He was, he was all like, but still that's soldiers that we need. Yeah. He was all like, just give me one good fucking reason why I shouldn't execute you right here. And now he was that angry. And even, uh, (laughs) when he rose up through the ranks, um, he even, uh, Backtalked Palpatine a couple of times. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, Palpatine would be like, okay, uh, go uh, kill these rebels over here with your uh, 
with your smaller force. And Frog's like, are you fucking crazy? No way am I going to do that. I need a larger force to take that. And he would get away with it. So even Palpatine respected him a bit. Yeah. Even I mean, though, you know, Palpatine doesn't respect anybody. Why, no, fucking Palpatine, the guy who would electrocute you... <laughs> He would electrocute you for a cookie. He would electrocute you for the smallest things. He was all like, okay, Fron, okay. <laughs> he would be able to backtalk him and nothing would fucking happen to him. Yeah. Fron is the kind of guy who who um, pres- who emphasizes creativity amongst his crews. Um, a good example that I could remember off the top of my head in my research. Uh, so Fron was going after Luke Skywalker, who's in his little X-Wing vessel. And he ordered his crew to use the tractor beam to catch his ass. But obviously Luke Skywalker got away. And he's all like, what the hell happened out there? Why did Luke Skywalker get away? And the guy who was operating the tractor beam was like, I, I tried this certain maneuver by locking into his metallic signature, blah, blah, blah. And Fron was all like, I mean, any other officer, I would have just executed you on the spot for failing. But the... The thing that you attempted to do was brilliant. It was nobody else, not even the best tractor beam enthusiasts could do that. But you were able to accomplish it, albeit for a little bit. But you you did good out there, and I'm promoting you. See, if you impress him, you get promoted. Whereas on the other hand, uh, so in a previous occasion, he tried to go after Luke Skywalker again, obviously escaped, and he goes to the operator of a tractor beam and is like, what the fuck happened out there? And he's like, uh, uh, it's not my fault, it's my trainer. He didn't teach me how to undergo this course. And Fron was all like, do you know the difference between an error and a, and a mistake? An error, basically he's all like, an, an error becomes a mistake unless corrected and you are obviously a mistake, and he had the guy executed on the spot. Because he was obviously saying, it's not my fault, it's his. Yeah, pointing the finger. Yeah. So, obviously, Fron is still ruthless, but compared to a lot of other Imperial commanders, he's actually quite awesome. He actually legitimately cares. He even gives his commanding officers second chances. Like, normally they would be a process for for a court-martialing or something like that. But he's all like, okay, pick up your mistake and correct it immediately. Give them second chances. Yeah. He is that forgiving. And he values the... (laughs) He's not like other commanders that just throw numbers at the problem until it's fixed. He's all like, okay, we need quantity over quality. Not quality Quality over over quantity. quantity. That's his sort of idea. <laughs> For the audience, uh, Hannah is coming a little bit over there. <laughs> Why is the floor wet? <laughs> oh, God, it's a flood in here. <laughs> I can't help it. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> oh. Oh Jesus! All right, um, but anyway, let me continue on instead of uh, me sucking (laughs) front. Um, 
Anyway, um, so Fraun eventually climbed the ranks of a from a mere captain to Grand Admiral. To give you a perspective of how important and how serious this is, Grand Admiral is a rank is a rank so prestigious they outrank all other political and military personnel, except for the Emperor himself, obviously. So um, he was on the same level as Vader was. Yep, basically. And it, and Grand Admiral is so important that only 12 people at a time t- can hold the title. No oh. more, no less. Well, okay, Fraun was the exception because he was the secret third person to have the title. Oh, that's cool. Because if it was public that a alien was a Grand Admiral... Yeah, the, people wouldn't <laughs> be that happy. Yeah, people wouldn't be happy. But Palpatine was okay with that because he liked the guy. Um, of course, it's Palpatine. Yeah, and he was so... And he doesn't like anybody. Yeah. Fraun is a fucking Chad. <laughs> he is a literal Chad. Um, I hope you're not being bored with uh, Fraun right now, kid. No, it's fine. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, um... So, Fraun was so trusted by Palpatine that he allowed him to create basically a offset... A, a uh an offshoot empire called the Empire of the Hand. Basically, it's an organization where Fraun is leading Imperial forces to secure the Unknown Regions and combat all of the threats that threaten both his people and the, and the Empire. That's so cool. Yeah. So, yeah, he was just in the middle of the Unknown Regions, just doing his own business. Um, then one day, he came back, and he's like, What do you mean the Emperor is dead? What do you mean Vader is dead? Of what the fuck happened to our empire? Oh, shit. <laughs> so he goes out on this, like, he goes out for space milk and just, like, comes back and everything's on fire. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> that, <laughs> it's that meme of a community where he's coming back with pizza. pizza. What the fuck happened? <laughs> exactly. What the fuck? <laughs> so, yeah, if you were wondering where he was in the Battle of Endor, that's where he was. That's <laughs> So basically, he came back to an empire that was shattered into multiple factions with their own independent warlord just ruling their own separate part of the galaxy. And Fraun was like, what the fuck, dudes? I, I, <laughs> he's all like, I need to get this empire back in order. And so basically what he did is he got onto his own personal shuttle and he left his forces into the Unknown Regions because if he brought all of his forces back, that'd leave them vulnerable to God knows what. Yeah, the, um, the New Republic would be like, what the fuck? Yeah, so basically what happened, he gets into his personal shuttle, uh, goes back into the Known Regions of Space, sends out an encrypted signal to a nearby Star Destroyer. Um, the Star Destroyer is the Chimera. You're probably familiar with it. Yep. Um, he gets picked up by the Star Destroyer. He meets up with the captain of a ship, named a man named Galead Pelion. He's the uh, guy who's right next to Fraun in his pimp chair. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, kind of going off track, but Pelion is actually pretty cool. He was a former member of the Republic military, and there's this novel where... He works alongside Captain Rex in Ahsoka Tano for a little while, and he actually legitimately sees the clones as people, not just disposable organic droids or whatever. He sees them as legitimate people. Ron or Galleon? Uh, Galleon. Ah, cool. Pelion, yeah. Er, Pelion. Yeah. Um, and at this point, he's like in his 50s, by the way. 
And after this point, he actually becomes the de facto leader of the Imperial Remnant. And he's so badass. Like, in his 80s, um, he almost got killed by an assassination attempt. And they had to put his ass into a Bacta tank. But he was still commanding his fleet from the Bacta tank. He is fucking awesome. The Gilead Pelion, the uh, mustache dude right next to Fron. Wow. Can I see? Hang on. (laughs) Finding it. God damn it. That dude. The guy who looks like the KFC dude? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that does not look like Colonel Sanders. No, uh, Colonel Sanders. Like younger Colonel Sanders had sex with Hitler. <laughs> Colonel Sanders, <laughs> Pillion. Colonel Sittler. Sittler. <laughs> so basically, what Fron did, he was all like, okay, Pillion, the Chimera is now my flagship, and you are my second in command. And Pillion was all like, yes, sir, Admiral Fron, sir, whatever you say, sir. Spoiler for the book. Yeah. God damn you. <laughs> so yeah, this is spoilers for the book from this point onwards, by the way. Um, I will. I'll still read it. Yeah. So the Chimera is now Fron's personal flagship in the known region of space. By the way, um, one of the first things that Fron did is he went to Pelion's personal luxury entertainment suite and basically transformed it into a private command room, just in case the the main bridge of his ship got destroyed. That's funny. It's like, okay, yeah, this is yours. Mine now. It's like he goes to this guy's uh, entertainment room where he has all of his collectibles of Pokemon or whatever. He's like, this is mine now. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so despite returning and proclaim, and he basically got proclaimed as the supreme commander of all Imperial forces in the Empire... Obviously, it's kind of more of a uh, title than an actual rank because, you know, all the Imperial forces are doing their own thing. Um, So, obviously, he returned to a galaxy where the Rebellion is now the Empire and the Empire of the Rebellion. God damn. And he is extremely low on resources, manpowers, and ships with only, like, a handful of Star Destroyers, I think. 32, which is a sizable amount, but compared to the Empire at its height, very minuscule. Yeah. Um, and Fron, how is Fron going to transform this small force into a capable military force to threaten the Republic, you may ask? How old was he at that point? 50s. Imagine accomplishing that in your fucking 50s. Yeah. How long did the live? Relatively the same time as humans. Okay. So... I think a little less, like, in their 80s is one of their elders. Oh. Yeah. But anyway, um, so how does he accomplish this? Charisma. A Snickers. Um, so Fron kind of looks at his meager fleet, and he's like, okay, time to get to work. Because he always appreciated a challenge. This, This is only difficult, not impossible for him like okay so basically what he did was his entire fleet had a lot of inexperienced crew within his fleet so he basically made training programs where he ensured that each rookie was accompanied by a more veteran officer i mean he was a fucking professor yeah he knows his shit and basically he runs them through several training drills and he basically trained all of his crews his troopers to perfection to ensure that all of them are experienced 
in some way. Not all of there's no greenhorns on this ship. Exactly, no <laughs> fucking newbies here. Um, by the time Fron began his campaign against the New Republic, the his crew were so well trained that they did difficult maneuvers like micro jumps, which is basically when you do hyperspace to a nearby world and allow the gravity of that planet to suck you out of hyperspace. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, they basically were so well trained that it was basically routine to them. Like, eh. Okay. Okay. It's like the equivalent of casually doing an aileron roll 100 times in a row. That's cool. Yeah. Um, let's see. Um, da, 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 da. While he was able to properly train his forces, he's, he still has a meager number compared to the entirety of the New Republic. So he needs to find a way to bolster his troops and all that. Um, to gain that edge, he needed to find one of Palpatine's secret storehouses, which contained two important items. The first... Okay. <laughs> Spice? A hologram? The first yeah. is schematics... A Palpatine clone? <laughs> the first is schematics for an advice, an advanced cloaking <laughs> device. This will come into play later. And the second... With Spice. Obviously, <laughs> no, that would be Death Sticks, kid, <laughs> or Ketamine for Yoda. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> anyway, and the second important item that he needs were at least twenty thousand Sparty cloning chambers. Holy fucking shit! So. The latter was obviously to bolster his forces with more troops, and unlike the Kaminoan cloning methods, the Sparty Chambers would be able to make a fully grown clone within a couple of weeks rather than years. Nice. Yeah. Um, this search took him an entire year, and he, after searching numerous worlds, he finally found the location of one of the storehouses, and it was on this planet called Wayland, and specifically in this mountain called Mount Tantis. Hmm. And he basically, after finding out the location, he traveled there with uh, Pelion right next to him because Pelion is basically his protege throughout his entire time, just learning under That's the so tutelage. Cool. Yeah. I think both of them are around the same age, by the way. Hmm. He said he was 80 and Thrawn was 50. No, no. Uh, when when uh, Pelion was in his 80s, he's 50 at this point in his time. Oh, okay. Um, but anyway, so he decided to go to Mount Tantis, and he was kind of under the suspicion that the storehouse probably had guardians, like maybe Force-sensitive clones that were protecting Palpatine storehouses. Um, he was half correct. He went to Mount Tantis, and he found the guardian of the facility, and it was a clone of the Jedi Master he met back in his old days in the Chiss Ascendancy, Jarrah Suboff. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I know. Um, by the way, the clone's name, uh, <laughs> he has two U's in his first name instead of one. <laughs> But, uh, obviously the Jedi Master, clone Jedi Master, was clearly insane. And he's like, fuck you, Fraun, I'm gonna kill your ass. And he decided to shoot Force Lightning at the Chiss. But the Chiss... How did get his body? That is a very good question. He probably scavenged it from the wreckage or whatever. Um, <laughs> Only Palpatine could. Yeah. Um, 
So, Fran was prepared for this, and he brought with him a, a special creature, Vercovio Salmiri. Um, the, yes, these are Force-sensitive creatures, kid. <laughs> this are you is, Yeah, yeah. This is what they look like. They're basically reptile monkey-looking things. That's God again. Yeah, the God. <laughs> God. I don't know why. Just deleting that real quickly. Get some shit. Give it a second. That's just God. There we go. This literally just God again. Oh. That's the Ucell Mary. Horse using lizards. Yep. Like they look like horny toads. They look like bananas. <laughs> Kinda. It looks like picture a frog, a lizard, and a horny toad. Yeah. I'm just, gonna grab, I'm just gonna grab that shit. So basically, what's so special about the Yosel Miri is that they're they're creatures that have evolved to create a force-repelling bubble around themselves. So basically, the force doesn't work in their presence. It just doesn't work. He had that knowledge. Yes. And this is, uh, I'm gonna... This is Fran. He's he's just holding one of these things like it's a little cat. (laughs) Like, <laughs> holding Mr. Bagelsberg. Yeah, I just send you a picture. Just, nope. <laughs> just, oh, you think that's a good idea? Oh my god. <laughs> and obviously, Sabalov was pretty shocked. It was like, what the hell is that? And Fran was all like, Oh, I could tell you many secrets, old man. If you pledge your loyalty to me, then you could continue whatever the fuck you're doing. He was like, okay, fine. Um, because I think Fraun basically told him that Luke Skywalker is a thing, and Juris Sabolf is like, ooh, I need to know more about that guy. <laughs> mm. But it's his own side story, so not really relevant. Um, so basically, he now has the entirety of Mount Tantis at his disposal, and the 20,000 Sparty Chambers at his disposal. So, he recruited one of his best Stormtrooper uh, bodyguards. And he created a lot of clones of that guy. And he had to bypass one very important obstacle that uh, that Subolov was the victim of. There's such a thing as clone madness, which is basically a, each clone that is created through these chambers just go insane. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, and Fraun wanted to find a way to bypass that. And he found that through the Yusel Miri. Because there's this theory that the Force kind of impacts the clone troop the clone troopers in such a way that they go insane. But, you know, the Yusel Miri have his force projecting bubble. So he was able to bypass that problem with these little monkey lizard things. And he now has twenty thousand non insane clones under his disposal. Champ. <laughs> um, so over time he would he would lead raids against the Republic and even placed a bounty on the capture of Luke Skywalker himself. And he even gained more allies along the way. Most predominantly the Yigori. I will send you a picture of these guys. They're basically they're like four foot tall reptilian looking fuckers. Sorry. But yeah, um, 
The Yagori are basically reptilian assassins that work for the Empire because Darth Vader at some point in his life visited their homeworld, which was under economical collapse. And the Nagori basically killed his own personal contingent of Stormtrooper bodyguards. And he was so impressed, he's all like, I could save your world if you work for me as assassins. And the Yagori were, well, obviously their savior saved their entire planet. So, of course, they're going to swore loyalty to Vader. And they became a death commandos for high-ranking Imperial officers, including Thrawn. Nice. Yeah, so he got those guys as bodyguards. Um, let's see. And he even gained... He also gained his own personal bodyguard with his, uh... Nagori named Rook. He's always by Thrawn's side at all times. Uh, you may not see him, but in reality, he's just hiding in the shadows, just being his little bodyguard. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And let's see. He even added another lost fleet to his own called the Katana Fleet. So he's amassing all of these large resources along the way. And this is taking him, like, an entire year to do. But still. Yes. Yeah. Someone at that age, at that low resource, getting all of that fucking power... Under the nose of the New Republic. I just imagine this is like a uh, field trip for Fraun. He's all like, I'm just going to do my own business in the Unknown Regions. Okay, time to go back to the Empire. Well, time to put things back in order. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just another day in the office for me. Um, through, his, through his efforts, um, his campaign against the New Republic was going swimmingly, despite multiple setbacks here and there. It isn't um, that all while Leia's trying to establish the New Republic, yeah. and she's pregnant? Yep, she's pregnant with two children, I believe. Imagine going through that while you're <laughs> pregnant, and trying to start up a new a new government. Yeah, and for all these campaigns, he his forces are starting to creep closer and closer to the core worlds. And Fraun set his eyes on the capital of the galaxy itself, Coruscant. Of course he did. Yeah. And he launched his assault against the capital. Um, he basically led a force, a very meager force of like six Star Destroyers and a couple of other vessels. And the New Republic's home guard was basically prepared for this siege. They assumed to be a siege, but they outnumber Fraun's fleet like a million to one, basically. But... A siege wasn't what Fraun was doing. He had something else in mind. Um, when he was close to uh, Coruscant, he had his star. He ordered his star destroyers to unleash asteroids, which were equipped with a cloaking device I mentioned earlier. Oh, cool! Yeah, so he launched all of those asteroids and got the fuck out of dodge. <laughs> okay, do that. Bye. Now let me ask you. Why would Fraun unleash a couple of meager little asteroids against the plan, the capital of the Republic? Well, how many was it? Or was it just a few, or was it a lot? For all intents and purposes, a lot. We can fuck up the electronics. It's a whole... It, the, the planet is a city. Mm-hmm. Take out power plants, you fuck over the entire planet. How about you, kid? I have no clue. <laughs> okay, so this is a very big brain move by Fraun. Um, so they're all equipped with a cloaking device, right? Mm -hmm. And let's see. Um, da, 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 da. So basically, um, these he unleashed these asteroids, and the Republic noticed this. They're like, fuck, we need to activate the planetary shield. So they activate it. Um, 
However, they have one very serious dilemma. Since these asteroids are cloaked, they don't know where the fuck they are. And they need to keep that shield generator on at all times so, so the asteroids don't plummet down and destroy the entire city down below. That takes a lot of power. Yep. And uh, so basically, they're basically forced to hold on the door against this invisible threat. So... And so that also means nobody can leave or enter Coruscant while this, this shield is up. So basically, in one simple move, Thrawn put Coruscant out of a war. Just like, ah, good luck, isolate yourself. Yeah. Um, the only way for the Republic to prevent the asteroids from falling onto the city was for the planetary shields. And they kind of came up with his method to look after the look for the star, the space dust that the asteroids Please. emanated, but they realized that would take way too much time. Um, by the way, um, the Republic didn't realize this until later, but in reality, Fron have released twenty six asteroids, but he faced the launch of a hundred more. Oh, cool! Yeah, and the Republic in a desperate attempt, try to blind fire, and they actually did get all of the asteroids, but they don't fucking know if there are more asteroids out there. They think there are 100. They didn't know there was 26. Yeah, exactly. So, very big brain move. The only fast way that they could, you know, bypass the cloaking field problem is is if they get a special device. Um, Let's see. A special device, where the fuck are you? Uh, a special device called the Crystal Graphiel Trap, which is basically a uh, cloak detector or whatever. Problem is, the only place you could find that at is at this space station in the Belbringi system, which is under the control of Fron. That sucks. So yeah, the Republic is basically trapped until they could alleviate this cloaking problem. So yeah, very big brain move by Fraun. He basically put the entirety of the New Republic leadership out of the war. Hmm. That's smart. Yeah. Um, and let me see. And after this, um, the Republic were getting kind of desperate. They have a very small fleet because the rest of them were on Coruscant. And they realized, okay, we need to go to the Belbringi system and get that device so that we could free Coruscant and make sure that innocent people don't get fucked. Um, however, this was ultimately a trap by Fraun, as he was predicting it would be. Uh, of course he did. Yep. Um, Predictable. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, they... The rest of the Republic fleet set a course to the Bilbringi system, and the moment they exited out of hyperspace, they came out way too early. They see the space station, and they see a couple of unique-looking star destroyers. Um, these are called interdictor star destroyers. They have these little these little spheres all over their hull. Okay. Basically, their purpose is they project an interdictor field, which is basically. Uh, layman's terms of you can't escape into hyperspace, bitch. <laughs> Get fucked, you're trapped yeah. here. You're trapped here with us. And this fleet was, by the way, the fleet was commanded by uh, by uh, Admiral Akbar, And he's... Akbar. <laughs> he's all like, it's a trap! <laughs> of course he <laughs> And at that moment, in a, Fraun, the entirety of Fraun's fleet came out of hyperspace. And the Battle of Belbringi began. What's up, bitch? Yeah. 
Uh, while both forces gave it their all, it was very clear that Frana was winning. Because he has his entire fleet of 32 Star Destroyers and a hundred other supporting ships and all that. Not to mention the thousands of TIE Fighters that he has. And the Republic, I believe they have like... Uh, they probably don't have a lot. They have like 14 ships. Against 23 Star Destroyers. That sucks. Yeah. Um, yeah, pretty... They're getting fucked pretty hard. And Frana was so convinced that he was going to win that Pelion basically gave him the idea of, hey, maybe we should allow some of the ships to retreat back and tell the Republic of the story of their defeat and all that. And Frana was all like, that's actually a pretty good idea, but I want to make sure Admiral Akbar retreats back. Because if he goes back, he's basically humiliated by, if we, in the eyes of the Republic, and he'll probably get demoted along the way. Smart. Yeah. Very Demoralize smart. Demoralize your forces even further. Demoralize them. <laughs> Take them all down. Uh, unexpectedly, though, the Republic found an ally within this organization called the Smuggler's Alliance, which is as kind of self-explanatory. And they decided to join the fight against the Empire. And this caught the Empire woefully off guard to the point where Fraun was forced to divide his forces, one to engage the fleet and one and the other to protect the space station and all that, to make sure that they don't board it and all that. Um, Pelion was basically sweating at this point, but Fraun was calm. He knew that the fight was far from over, and probably given enough time, he could probably curb some both forces. Probably. Now, before I get back into the story, in in universe, a lot of scholars and historians within the Star Wars universe kind of debated if Fron would have won the Battle of Bilbringi or if the Republic would have won. Um Funny enough, uh, Agbar swore to his dying day that he could have beaten Thrawn. Huh. But, but, uh... They were outnumbered. Yeah. But, uh, Pelion also recounted later that, that, uh, Thrawn was actually summoning reinforcements from nearby Imperial worlds to annihilate the Republic fleet anyway. Awesome. Um, so, historians kind of debated, at best, the battle would have ended in a draw. Or at worst, Frana would have curbed on the entirety of a Republic fleet, and the entire galaxy would be under the thumb of Grand Admiral Fraun. So, how does Fraun fuck up? Of course he fucks up. Because, you know, even though he's a good military strategist, they can, they can learn their strategy too. He's an asshole. <laughs> That's the thing. He didn't fuck up. It was actually something that he had no way of knowing. Allow me to flashback. So you remember the Nagori, the tiny reptile people? Mm-hmm. So, um, Princess Leia decided to go to their homeworld to negotiate peace or whatever because they're being a huge pain in the ass and assassinating a lot of her people. And the Nagori basically... Keep in mind, the Nagori are loyal to Darth Vader, but he's gone. Um, and they basically smelled on Princess Leia the blood of Darth Vader, and they swore their loyalty to her. Oh, shit. Because they acknowledge her as Lady Vader. 
She probably didn't like that. Yeah, <laughs> obviously not, but she's not going to say no to a bunch of reptile assassins. Yeah. Um, and along the lines, uh, Leia was trying to convince them uh, we need to attack the, the uh, Empire, blah, blah, blah. But the Nagori were like, I mean, we're loyal to you, but we're also loyal to Fraun. And along the lines, Princess Leia kind of found out that the Empire was basically keeping their homeworld under their thumb by... Uh, they gave them, like, a planet-restoring technology, but in reality, the technology was slowly killing their world to ensure their compliance. Oh, that sucks. And then the Nagori found out about theirs, and they're like, those motherfuckers. And, they, and that's when they swore their full allegiance to Leia. And, I mean, and remember uh, Fraun's bodyguard, Rook? Yeah. Eventually, during the battle, they uh, got reports that the Nagori basically betrayed the Empire... And Rook was like, I'm going to avenge my people. And he goes up to Fraun, knocks him in the throat, and then with a singular swift motion, impales him through the chest. Jesus. So Thrawn dies in Legends. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Once again, Fraun couldn't stop it because he had no way of knowing such a thing. Didn't know he was in the pegging. God damn. So the only reason Fraun lost was due to things outside of his control. He died to getting pegged. <laughs> Gay. <laughs> Even in his last words, eventually the stormtroopers found out about Rook and killed his ass. But in his dying moments, Fraun was all like, he was, but it was so artistically done. And then he died. Appreciating art of Vitella's last breath. Yep. He was all like, my whole. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. <laughs> and with Fraun dead, the command of a fleet was placed on Captain Pelion himself. And even even though Pelion is not a dumb man, but he is no Fraun. Did he surrender? No. Um, and there's a pretty good chance that they he could have won against the Republic, but... Not without insane losses on his side. So he did the only logical thing he could do and got the fuck out of Dodge. Of course he did. And... The old JoJo family technique. Run away! Run away! <laughs> so yeah, um... Within like a year, Fraun had the entirety of the Republic on its knees. And the only reason he lost was due to things outside of his control. He is fucking badass. Who would not be attracted to that? Hey, <laughs> <laughs> <I ain't> gay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if, if Thrawn was female. Now we're talking. <laughs> now we're talking. There's some milk right there. <laughs> now, after this, um, while Thrawn did indeed perish, he did leave his mark on galactic history. No Very obviously, shit he did. yeah. Um, to the point where there were several copycats that impersonated Fraun to so fear in the Republic. And even that, that was enough to make the Republic collectively shit themselves. Like, oh shit, Fraun's still alive? Holy shit! Yeah, because no one knew he died. Also, I must point out, he did have a contingency plan in case he did, he did die. Um, He's Batman too. Yeah. <laughs> so, Fraun anticipated his death... And he authorized the creation of a clone of himself, which remained undiscovered for 10 years as it slowly grew. And 
Eventually, it was found out by uh, Luke Skywalker and Mara Jade because they heard rumors about Thrawn's return. And they were all like, okay, uh, we need to kill this uh, clone before it emerges out of its gestation chamber. And they were kind of also debating, like, well, I mean, yes, it's a clone of Thrawn, but it's not the Thrawn. It's what not it's, the Thrawn. Yeah, what, what if it's a, a completely different personality and individual? Like, as we've seen with the clones, each one of them are not jingle fed They yeah. have their own individual personalities. So they're kind of debating, I mean, should we kill it? It probably wouldn't serve as a threat against us but they were ultimately forced to uh destroy the chamber with the clone thrawn in it no yeah so that was truly when thrawn died that was an interesting end for him yeah um, (laughs) but a couple of other things that i want to uh talk about um so let's see uh Many years down the line, Fron is such a tactical genius that many years down the line... Oh yeah, by the way, before I go into Fron, uh, so <laughs> the Nagori Warriors, they're, they're so fun. Um, there's this one moment that always makes me smile when uh, the Nagori swore their allegiance to Princess Leia. Han Solo was present at the ceremony and they were like, we, we acknowledge the consort of Lady Vader. And, the, and Han was like, like consort? <laughs> it always makes me giggle that Han Solo was called a consort. I mean, technically he is, because Leia's a princess. Yeah. <laughs> that always makes me giggle. Anyway, back to Fraun. Um, Many years down the line, the Galactic Alliance, which is the, success, the successor state of the Republic, basically they created an AI version of Fraun, basically as a training simulation against uh, future cadets and all that. That's fucking cool. Yeah, and none of the cadets ever won, except for one, who was basically a boffin, you know, the spy dudes. Ah, okay. So, yeah, even in death, he's curb-stomping people. So, that is the story of one of the most popular EU villains, Grand Admiral Fraun. What do you guys think about him? Y'all know what I think about him. <laughs> Pretty obvious. How about you, kid? <laughs> Pretty cool. <laughs> By the way, um, I think I I wish I discussed this earlier, but six out of ten could have had more milk kitties. <laughs> if uh, Tinder swap him. Tinder swap him. <laughs> um, you can just type in Thrawn Fem Fem Thrawn Fem Thrawn. Tinder swap Thrawn. If uh, Fron ever met uh, Obi-Wan, I think they would get along quite well. Because Fron is the kind of guy who would invite his enemy to his house and discuss philosophy over a nice cup of tea. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think you would get along with Fron quite well, kid. Me? Yeah, because you always love talking philosophy. I love talking philosophy, but he's a strategist. He doesn't know anything about philosophy. Actually, he does. Uh, here. <laughs> Too old. Too old. <laughs> Actually, I kind of like her. Now we're talking. <laughs> so was, uh, the, the picture I showed him was female Hux, female Krennic, female Tarkin, and female Thrawn. Of course, of they're course. all gorgeous. Yeah. Oh man. But yeah, um, Thrawn isn't exactly one of my uh, personal favorite villains, but much like. Maul and uh, Grievous. I I appreciate him for the type of character that he is. And he also pays new ground for 
instead of unlimited power kind of villains. He's more of a big brain kind of villain. But anyway, um, so that's our episode of Can Mayonnaise Kill a Jedi? Or in this case, how hard can Hannah come to Fraun? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. Alright, you guys want to know what uh, the next episode is going to be about? It's definitely not going to be Can and (laughs) Fraun. How about you, Kit? I don't know. Milfs. (laughs) Please make it be Milfs. Well, um... Not quite Mills, but, uh, hut not bi- quite there either. Hut anyway. Bitch, hut bitches? Hut bitches. Bitch. We already did an episode about the huts. We, we did an episode about the hut bitches. <laughs> but the only hut bitch that we saw you repelled and disgust against. Yes. <laughs> but I mean, like, anime hut bitches. <laughs> you know, that's another Patreon idea we should probably try out. Yeah. <laughs> anime milf hut bitches? Yeah. Hut. Anyway, so it's my turn. Hut bitches and- near you. <laughs> it's like an ad on fucking Star Wars Pornhub or something. <laughs> Jesus. So, um... Here's the NSFW part. Yeah. Um, it's been uh, Hannah's round of episodes. Now it is my turn, and... For my first return, we will be talking about the good boys of the galaxy, the Verpine. Oh, right. The yeah. Bugs. The, the good boy insect people. They're such good boys in my race. Isaac so I'm, race. I am nice. not being biased at all. <laughs> I mean, we already talked about this my race. This is super biased. <laughs> but anyway, um, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode on Grand Admiral Fraun, one of the most popular uh, EU villains in all of Star Wars. So popular he got reintroduced into canon, but whatever. Um, but I hope you guys are having a wonderful day, and uh, you guys have any closing statements? Give him a <laughs> <laughs> Well, anyway, um, until next time, bye bye!